Well, let's look at Romans 8.15. We, we, uh, last week, uh, we ministered a message called Free from Fear. And, uh, you know, there were some things that I, I wanted to emphasize that, um, I mean, I think we covered what we needed to cover. But there's just some more things that I wanted to get out, and I felt like we um, wanted to cover a few things tonight, and I really wanted to emphasize and get out. So we're going to spend a little bit more time here tonight. Let's look at Romans 8, verse 15. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So we talked about this last week, and we'll be covering some things, you know, just uh, hook up with where we were last week, but cover some of those same things just to, to lay groundwork. But it says that you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is bondage. Anybody found that out? You ever, you ever walked in any fear? Fear is it, it says in another place, fear is torment. And if you've ever been afraid, you know, not just for a minute or two, but something's trying to dog you, it's trying to eat at you, it's torment. You don't need to raise your hand. Everybody's experienced that come against you. Now, we're going to talk about what to do with it. But it is bondage. It's fear. That's why, and we talked about this a week and a half ago, I think it was, you know, about um, on Sundays, but about being simple concerning things that are evil. <laughs> and it's a little bit of it will bear repeating. Uh, you know, we're in quote-unquote Halloween season. People emphasize some of these things, you know, fearful things, scary things. And, of course, it's, it's more and more in our culture. It is foolish to open yourselves up to those things. Why would you purposely, if we know fear is torment and we know fear is so uh, it's so much bondage and debilitating in so many areas, real fear in the real world. Why would you purposefully open yourself up to it for pastime, for entertainment? Oh, well, that's just play. It's not play. The same forces behind fear in every area are the same ones we're just exposing ourselves to, uh, to when we uh, purposefully go before something that's going to make us afraid. Well, I like the feeling. You won't like the feeling when it's the middle of the night and something is dogging you, talking about taking your life or coming against you or you losing everything. It's the same spirit. That's why we don't want to expose our children to it, put them in a, a position where uh, they would be fearful. We don't want to experience fear. It's ungodly. It's bondage, as it says here. It's not something you want to play with. We want to cast it out. We want to resist it. Uh, let's look at the NIV version. We're just going to, we read a number of versions and some of these things, but we want to get to some, some other things tonight. Uh, Romans 8, 15 in the NIV says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received bought, brought your, uh, about your adoption to sonship. The spirit you received does not make you slaves. Uh, the spirit of God will never make you a slave. The spirit of religion will. Men will. When I say men, you know, men, women, mankind will. They'll try to enslave you in all kinds of ways. But God will not do that. It says it... it 
the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. To live in fear is to be a slave. It's to be a slave of, of something negative or wrong happening. It is actually faith in something bad happening. Now, the Bible says we don't have a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Let's read 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to notice verse 6 in relation to verse 7, because we're going to be emphasizing some of these things tonight. Verse 6 says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. The Apostle Paul is, is speaking to Timothy, and he's encouraging him. If you read the, read the whole book, but read, read this beginning part, he's encouraging himself to stir himself up. He's saying, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands for. That means that verse 7 is connected to verse 6. It's all an intro. He's all getting into stuff. He's saying, you stir yourself up. Stir up the gift of God which is in you for, and then he says something, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Evidently, Timothy is being pressed on and he's telling him, you stir up what's in you for God has not given you a spirit of fear. Evidently, he's dealing with fear. Otherwise, he's, he's telling him, stir up what's inside you because you don't have a spirit of fear. And he says, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He's saying, you don't have fear. You have power and a love and a sound mind. But notice he said, you do something. Something is pressing on him, and he needs to do something to push back. Let's look at uh, Hebrews 2.14 and 15. We read this again last week as well. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise, Jesus, shared in the same, and that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. The de- that is the devil. Now, we, we mentioned this last week. That word destroy, it doesn't mean, you know, like I said, one of our instructors at Rhema gave this illustration. That, that word, it gives the, the illustration of like this. Let's say you have a paved parking lot. And if you took a jackhammer to that or you destroyed that, you, you broke it up. The, the parking lot is rendered useless as far as parking, unless you've got a monster truck or you know, something like that. But no, generally speaking, it's rendered useless. It's destroyed, but notice the parking lot's still there. All the pieces are still there. That's what this means. It says that through death, he might, Jesus might destroy him who had the power of death. Now, the devil still exists. He still has authority over the earth. In fact, the Bible calls him the God of this world. He's not the God. He's not God overall. But because Adam bowed his knee to Satan and gave him place, he sold us out. Adam sold us out. So Satan is called the one in authority over this world. And he is an authority over those that don't know Jesus. He has power. He's not dead, but for the Christian... The Bible's saying here, Jesus destroyed him. In other words, jackhammered the devil's power, so it's rendered useless for the Christian. 
The devil's still there, but as far as the Christian goes, he has no power. But notice this. It says, verse 15, he, Jesus died, to, 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 verse 14, to destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus died so that we could be released from bondage through fear. Now, we, uh, Jesus died so we could be released. He died so that we could be out of the authority of Satan. But we still have to do something. As it, as it concerns fear, fear will try to push on us, but we have to do something with it. In other words, it's not going to just leave us alone. Did you hear me? Satan will not just leave you alone just because you're a Christian, just because you uh, know the authority of the believer, just because you're filled with the Spirit, just because you speak in other tongues, just because you can quote some scripture. It, that is, Satan is going to still try to intimidate and get you to yield to him so that even though he doesn't actually have the power or the authority, his power has been jackhammered, destroyed. If he can convince you that you are under his power, then he can take advantage of you. And one of the primary ways he does this is through fear. If he can get you afraid, if he can get you to believe something bad will happen to you, if he can get you to believe more in bad things happening than in what God's Word says, then He can exercise authority over you because when you yield to fear, you're yielding to bondage. You're actually yielding to Satan. So if He can get you going this way because you're afraid, you're actually just following Him. You know, it's like, you know, if you had a, um, a trap and you were trying to scare an animal into the trap, you might do something here that they run away from, but they're running away from you, but they're running right into a trap. That's what Satan does. Gets you scared, so you start running away from whatever he's trying to make you scared of. But if you run away from fear, because you're in fear, you're actually already being led by the devil. And so he's he's trying to intimidate you to get you on his ground. And so if he can get you on his ground, now he can exercise authority, even though he doesn't actually have authority and so this is one of the fear is such a, a wicked thing. It's such a sly thing. It's how Satan will, will put people into bondage. That's why you never, you never want to willingly give it a place. Not even this much. Anything that smells like fear, sounds like fear, looks like fear, we resist it. We push it away. We don't um, give it any place in our lives. Let's look at 1 Peter 5 verse 8. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant. It's just a few verses down. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Look at that again. Be sober means be alert, be aware. You know, one of the things that makes you aware is the Word of God. What we're doing right now will make you aware. It'll, it'll cut through the stupor that's in this world. 
the darkness that's in this world? Because, you know, we're being flooded with images, with propaganda. I'm talking about worldwide, just from the devil, trying to get men and women to believe his things. One of the things he tries to get people to believe is, uh, it's all cool. There's nothing to get excited about. We'll just go through life. You know, there's no God and there's no devil and that's all. You just go through and live your life and get you distracted. And all kinds of people are in that boat. Just, just chugging on, just going through life. Not, you know, spiritual things. Eh. Just, just let's live life. It's the here and now. Well, that's all. Those are all lies. And that's a stupor. That's like a drunkenness that a lot of people are walking in, and they're not alert. Devil, that's, that's superstition. Well, that's great. The devil will, Satan will gladly have somebody believe that. Because <laughs> then he, he can do whatever he wants, and it's not him. It's just coincidence. It's just people. Sure, people do stupid stuff. But all the evil in the world is initially um, motivated by Satan. That's not to say people are demon-possessed. We're saying the, the, the source of evil in the world started. Now, it's gotten, uh, he, Satan caused men to sin, and so that spread to all men. And now all people have to do is look at the people around them, and they can just follow in that same path. The devil doesn't have to be there prompting, because they just look at, you know, the Internet. And they're like, well, just do that. Well, they don't understand. But way up the line, they're following Satan's ideas. But if you can put that up again, it says, be sober. Well, the, the word of God will cut through that stupor and help us to see clearly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It'll help you to see truth. And wait a minute. This, this is true. There's things that I've been taking in, things that I've been yielding to. I didn't even realize that I, I shouldn't be, you know, stuff that's a fear, whatever. So we have to know. We, we want to know the truth. We want to be alert. It says, be alert be sober, be vigilant. It means you don't, you don't back off. You don't let things, you know, just let things slide. Um, we, we stay on top of it. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may, may, seeking whom he May. What does may mean? We were talking about this, you know, uh, a while ago because I don't think it's as common that people say, may I have such and such? You know, a lot of people just say, can I do this? And not differentiate between may I. May, you're asking permission, right? Can is more like, are you able? May is, you know, I can, I have the ability to, but do I have permission, right? Well, this is saying, seeking whom the devil may devour. What does that mean? <laughs> he, has to, he needs the uh, permission to do it. He can't just do it. If he's so big and bad, why didn't he already take you out? Why didn't he do it yesterday? Well, I'm going to take you out. Why didn't you do it three years ago? Because he can't. Unless we give him place to do it. He can't just devour. He needs an inroad. He needs access. So he, he, he pushes to try to get us to give him access. 
One of the ways he does this is through fear. Try to get you afraid. If he can get you afraid, he, now he's getting permission. Because if you're afraid, you're already yielding to him. Because fear is not of God. It's of the devil. So if we start yielding to fear, we're already going along with him. He already is trying the devour, he's starting the devouring process. And at the end of that is destruction. If we follow him, we will end up in destruction. It says, he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Can you put that up? Seeking whom he may devour. Now, verse 9, resist him. Resist him. So if we're talking about fear, what does that mean? Resist fear. If fear comes, you don't say, oh, I'm afraid, I just can't help it. That's not true. We can help it. We're going to read a few more verses. But I want you to see this this concept. Resist him because fear is of the devil. Fear is evil. Fear, Fear destroys. Fear causes torment. Before we go on, can you skip back to um, 1 John 4, verse 17? Skip back up to 4, 1 John 4, verse 17. Just read this. We read this last time, but I just want you to see this. For those that maybe weren't with this. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. There is how much fear? None. There is no fear. The Bible says, just a few verses before this, uh, God is love. So you could say, there is no fear in God. So God is not the author of fear. So there is zero fear in God. So any fear is not of Him. So that means any fear we resist. Any fear. There is zero fear in God. All fear is of the devil, so any fear we resist. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. Fear is tormenting. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, saying, if we, if we are mature in love, if we understand the love of God, if we understand who he is, then we will not fear, because we're immersed in him. Now, if we go back down to 1 Peter 5. Verse 9. So, any fear is not God. No fear is God. 1 Peter 5, verse 8, or 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So, it just got done saying, the devil goes about seeking whom he, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. So you could say, anything that's of him. We resist. Well, we're talking about fear. You can apply this to anything, but fear is of the devil. So if it's of the devil, we resist it. Resist him, resist his things. So resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In other words, everybody's going through the same thing. If you think you're going to get to the place where you are never tempted to fear, you're deceived. As long as you're in this world, you're going to deal with the things of this world, and there is an adversary. The devil has a right to be here, legally, and he's not going anywhere. 
until the time that Jesus is going to take care of him. But that's not today. So he has a right to be here and he will try to push on you. But you don't glorify him because like we just read, he can't devour you unless we give him access. So what do we do? We put him in his place and you resist his things. So if fear comes, any fear, any type of fear, any hint of fear, we don't resist it. I mean, we don't accept it. We don't say, oh, I, why am I... Why am I afraid? I guess, I guess I, I did something wrong. You recognize the source and you push back on it and say, no, none. That's not going to have any place in my life. It says resist him. Look at James 4, 7. <clears throat> it says, therefore submit to God... Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee. Well, then he's not so big and bad that he can just do whatever to you because if you resist him, he's going to flee. But if you don't resist him, he will not flee. You say, I just wish this would stop. I'm just so tired of being afraid. I just wish it would stop. Going to do zero. In fact... That just shows that it's working and it's probably going to get amped up because you're about to break. The devil's wicked. Anything you know about wicked on this earth, anybody you've ever seen, anybody that, you know, uh, Stalin and Hitler, Mussolini, people of the modern age, what you see evil is just a hint of who Satan is. Satan is that and more. He's merciless. He's completely without remorse. He's wicked, and he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He kills his best people. <laughs> you look at rock stars over the years that were doing great work, just leading people down the wrong path, end up dead in horrible deaths. You know, they overdose and something, just... And they're doing great work. People that are doing all kinds of stuff end up dead early. Satan can't help himself. His stuff kills. So he has a right to be here. And he's not going to leave you alone. The only way you can get him, get on the run, is by resisting him. Not by crying about it. Not by saying, oh, I wish he would leave me alone. God do something. God told us to do something. He gave us the authority. And that you can't push off on God what he gave us to do. So if he told us to resist him, then what do we need to do? Resist him. So in the case of fear, if we say, ah, this is just killing me. This is tormenting me. I can't take it. That's just going to make it worse. We speak like that. We think, I, I just, I, this is, I'm, I'm so afraid I, I, I can't control it. We're, number one, we've been talking about words on Sundays. We are saying the wrong thing. We are yielding to the wrong thing by saying that. We need to stand up and say, no, I will not fear. Fear, go in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter if your knees are shaking together. It doesn't matter if the hair on the back of your neck is standing up. Those are symptoms of fear. That doesn't mean you have to yield to it. You push back and say no. No, I'm not going to be afraid. Fear doesn't just look like, you know, somebody being scared at a haunted house. Fear is in you are at work 
and you, you, you believe somebody doesn't like you, you believe you're going to lose your job, you believe you know, that you're not going to get this account, you believe you're not going to get a, a, a job, there is all kinds. Fear can look like, I don't believe I'll ever be, find the right person to marry, I can't find the right house, you know, I'm going to lose something. This is fear. And when it, when it pushes on us, we have to recognize it and say, no. Because behind it is Satan. But we resist fear and say, no, fear in the name of Jesus, I resist you. Just because you sense fear does not mean you have to yield to it. Isaiah 41.10. Now let's look at several verses that talk specifically about fear. I wanted to put that down, show you the concept. This, that works in every area. You know, resisting the devil works in any area. It works with sickness. It works with, you know, getting out of love and, and saying what you shouldn't, you know, and all that. Um, but let's look at Isaiah 41.10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. What are the first two words? Fear not. God's telling us, don't fear. Well, would he tell us to do something? We just, we can't do it. It's just too hard. No, here he's saying, fear not, why? Because I'm with you, for I'm with you. Now, this is spoken to the children of Israel. We are children of Abraham through the Lord Jesus Christ. These things apply to us. And this isn't the only place it is. You know, we'll read other verses. Isaiah 41.10, verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's telling you there's a reason why you're not fearing. It's because God Almighty is with you. And so when we focus on that, we believe God is who he says he is and that we have um, his, his ability and his authority, then we can stand against fear. We're not going to fear not just because, well, it's a bad thing, we're just not going to fear it. That's true, but there's a reason. Because you have God Almighty. And if you truly look to Him and say, no, God, whatever is, is tempting us to fear, if we really believe, no, God is with me, and no matter what happens, He's with me, and He'll be there to help me, that, that will dissipate fear already, and then you just need to take your authority and push on it. But that will rise, the boldness will rise up in you. Because what are we scared of? You could list any number of things, but what is it? It's fear of loss, fear of death somehow, death, destruction. You know, whether it's literal death, physical death, or, you know, death in a relationship, death in your finances, death of a business, death of, you know, any number of things. But if God is there, God is life. And he can turn anything around. So if we realize, wait, no matter if this happened, God's here. Satan will try to hang this over your head. Well, if this happens, what are you going to do? God will show me the way out. God's there, and he can create something out of nothing. And so if you think on that, and that, that's how you can resist Satan. You resist him, but then you just focus on what God has said. Oh, no, God's with me, and he's going to show me. Yeah, but this and this. Shut up. Get out. I am believing God. I'm believing what he said. He's with, he said, fear not, for I'm with you. So if he's with me, it doesn't really matter what's in front of me. He creates life. He creates planets. He can, he can get me out of whatever mess I'm in. Look at Isaiah 43, verse 1, just a few chapters down. <clears throat> we have to actively resist. 
This is what I wanted to emphasize, or I believe we should emphasize tonight. We need to resist, resist fear. Verse 1 says, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, again, he applies to us too, and he who, uh, to us, and he, who, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Well, how much more are we redeemed in the new covenant by, through the Lord Jesus? I have called you by my name. By, I have called you by your name. I've, I know you. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Can you see? These are things that could take you out. And, and this is, the, the prophet is saying here, when these things happen, they, they won't overtake you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you, saying, you're in a situation. Fear could be there, because that's what he started out. Fear, fear not, for I've redeemed you. Fear not, for I've called you by your name. I know who you are. I know what situation you're in. You understand, this will help somebody. Whatever situation we face, God knows every detail about it. He is not off somewhere, and oh, you just take it. Son or daughter, you know, whatever. You can just do it by yourself. He is intimately evolved. He knows every situation. He knows every temptation we're facing. He knows what fear feels like because Jesus was pushed on to the degree that he was sweating drops of blood. Jesus understands what fear feels like. But he didn't yield to it. He didn't yield to it for a second. He pushed back on it. It was pushing on him to the degree that it was affecting his physical body, but he pushed back on it. God knows. He knows our name. He knows who we are. He knows where we've come from. He knows where we're going. He knows the situation, and he knows the outcome and knows how to get us through it. And so that's why we need to look to him and go, Lord, I don't see. And you you can be honest and say, Lord, I'm tempted. I'm pressed. I'm pushed here, but I believe you. You may have to say it through tears. You're being pressed, you're being pushed, and you're saying, Lord, I don't see, I don't understand. But one thing I do know is that you're faithful, you are good, and you have a way out, and I trust you. And I will not fear. And your teeth can be chattering, and you may be saying it through that. Those are symptoms of fear. You say, no, I'm not going to fear. And grit your teeth and push through it, and believe that God can do what he said he could do. But you have to resist it. If you say, God, make it go away, make it stop. He gave that authority to us. And he's merciful. And the thing is, when you feel like you can't resist, if you'll yield to God and do what he said, you'll have the strength to do it. If we say, I can't, we're taking sides against him and we're acting like his word is not true. And as much as God wants to help us, he will not override our will. And if we're going to say, I can't, then he's going to say, okay. Okay. All we have to do is say, through, through whatever pressure there is, is say, no. And the strength and the grace will be there to help. Look at Matthew 14. No, actually go to John 14, 27. John 14, 27. 
It says, peace I leave with you, my... This is Jesus. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it... Everybody say, let it. Let it be afraid. It says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That means you have the ability to let yourself be afraid or to push back on that fear. Otherwise, God, Jesus wouldn't have said, don't let it be afraid. He said, I know, there's no way you can, you can keep from being afraid. In this situation, there is no way. He wouldn't have said that. That's not... I know some people can think that's hard. It's not hard. It's just the truth. The truth is, if no matter what we feel like, if we'll, if we'll trust God and believe that He can help us through the situation, then His strength and His grace will meet us when we step out to believe Him. And if we say, no, I just can't, I just can't, no matter how pitiful the situation, no no matter how heart-wrenching the situation is, God cannot override our will. He, he, He has made it so He will not. He won't make you bow your knee. He won't make me bow my knee. And if I say, no, I just can't, then we'll have what we say, and we'll have what we've chosen. But if we, through extreme pressure and fear pressing down to, fear, to where we don't feel like we can breathe, we don't feel like we could go another day, if we'll say, no, I am not going to take it, I resist you, fear in the name of Jesus, the power and the presence of God and the grace of God will be there to sustain us. If we'll just keep walking, if we'll just keep keep taking steps. Let's look at one more. Philippians 4, 6, familiar verse of scripture. But look at how this is stated in this context. It says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, anxiety, that would include fear, if you're anxious about something, then, then you're, you're not at peace about it. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God will be there. It, might, it passes understanding. We don't understand. We're not trying to figure it out. But His power and His peace will be there to bring us through. The Amplified Classic, verse 6, says, Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Well, fear, panic is just full-blown fretting. It's, it's fretting and anxiety on steroids. So even, it's saying don't even have the slightest hint of it. And how do, you, how do you avoid having it? You resist it. And then if we resist it, then it says the peace of God's going to be there. Now, you're not looking for a feeling. If we look and go, I resist it. Oh, it's still there. Darn, it didn't work. Then we, we're not believing anything. We stay steadfastly. You notice it said, but we, don't have to, we don't have to put it up, but back in 1 Peter it says, uh, resist him steadfast in the faith. That means you stand and say, I believe God. No. Fear? No. And they say, I'm still here. It's still going to happen. No. I resist you. Oh, yeah. And they try to paint you pictures of what's going to happen. No. I believe God. 
And you just stay there. I believe God. God, no matter what happens, God is right there with me, and we're going over. And you just stay. The thoughts could keep coming. And what do you do? Okay, that's enough. I can't take it. No, you just stand and say, no. The Bible says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You've got to go. No, I don't. Oh, yeah, you do. Fear, I'm not taking you. I, I resist it. And the power and the grace of God will be there to help us do what he said. So we resist fear. What do we do with fear? We resist it. Any hint of it, we don't entertain it for a second. Anything that looks, smells, tastes like fear, we just say no. Then it can't get a hook in us. It can't lead us. Satan can't lead us down the wrong wrong path. He can't uh, intimidate us into his plans. Amen.